Yep, tis the season. I'll tell you right now that I have a real strong fetish for holiday music. My collection numbers in the hundreds, if not the thousands. And the Vince Guaraldi Trio, I know part of it's nostalgia, but this record is almost bulletproof. Except for the howling, screeching version of Christmas Time is here where it's just the children's choir. I could live without that. But the rest of this record is so flawless, so perfect, so of the season. And as we begin episode 211 of The Brian Oak Show, the snow is beginning to gently lilt out of the sky. And we've been promised that there will be a blessing on the ground at some point in the not-too-distant future. For some of you to the south and the east, it might be a little more than a blessing. (laughs) It might be a genuine pain in the ass, but let's be honest. By next week, it's supposed to be 50 again. None of it's going to last, so I'm just trying to enjoy these little punctuated moments of the holiday season. I'm going to enjoy my new electric snowblower. You bought a new snowblower? Yeah, because I, you know, I wanted to move into a townhouse. My wife's like, we're not buying a townhouse. We're going to buy a house. Uh And I said, but you know how I feel about blowing snow. And she's like, yeah. But I said, all right, then here's the compromise. I'm getting myself a fancy electric snowblower. One that it, that has the batteries, too, so you don't have the cord that you're pulling yeah, around. No, I got you. I, I know that it's you're just a, easy now. a celebrated realtor uh, in the Twin Cities area. Easy Are you work. skimming a little off the top of the Brian Oak little Show? A little bit. Yeah. yeah like you to, know I've got a separate account. I still shuffle. I still <laughs> shovel. I don't have one of them fancy yeah, snowblowers. for posers, I think. Oh. But, although the neighbor guy who's like 96, he's always the first one out to have yeah. this stuff done. And he's shoveling, isn't he? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. That's why he's 96. That's exactly right. You're not going to see 96. There's no chance. Neither am I. (laughs) Happy holidays, everyone. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It's episode 211 of The Brian Oak Show here in the Smart Start MN Studios, located in scenic and frankly right now very festive and holiday-oriented. Joyous. South Minneapolis, near 48th and Chicago. Smart Start MN, the primary sponsor of our show. They jumped on board before there was even a single episode, and here we are, hundreds of cumbersome episodes later, and they still are our primary sponsor. They invented Minnesota's Ignition interlock company, or at least were there part of the original architecture team along with the legislature and the judiciary. The way it works is this. You get a DUI, you're losing your license. The end. Right? But you got to get back in your car. How are you going to do it? Smart Start MN has technology that will allow you to get back into your car sooner and for less money than you otherwise might expect. And I mean, trust me, just A, don't get one, man. It's weird to have a sponsor that you hope you that nobody ever calls, but that's not the way the world works. Now that we're getting all back out and we're festive and we're excited, we're excited to go out and see shows and things, people make bad choices. So if you make a bad choice, make a better choice on the far side of it and do get in touch with our friends at Smart Start from the Brian Oak Show, which is made possible by Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? It means that long ago, they sat down with people at the legislature and the judiciary and literally put together the ignition interlock program here in Minnesota. Don't drink and drive. But if you do drink and drive, you're going to need to get back into your car. They will get you back in sooner and for less money than you ever might expect as possible. They still won't let us say the price. I don't know, because how do they keep the prices so low? Volume, I guess, is the end. I have no idea. It's inexpensive, we'll say that, it, compared it, uh, to not driving. Oh, my. Well, and compared to what you think it might be and the way everything else goes when you get a DUI. And if you go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, you'll get 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. The Hennepin County Sheriff, Bruno, uh, got a DUI. He just mm. got one the other night. Wait, what? 2.30 in the morning, the Hennepin County Sheriff. I, now, my, Wait a minute. What's the point of being the sheriff if your guys who pull you over, you don't get off? I mean, what, what's the point of power and privilege if you can't take advantage of it? I don't it? know. My perception changed, though, because he immediately just said, I have a drinking problem, and I oh. need to not do this anymore. So threw he, himself he on the sword. Like immediately threw himself on the sword, which is, you know. Wow. But it was just, it, it's just too bad, uh, all in all. But also, there, I'm sure there's people like, hey, you probably handed out quite a few <laughs> DUIs. Probably. But he's like, I made a stupid, stupid choice after our holiday party and, and, well, and drank it thing. and drove at 2.30 in the morning, probably because the alcohol clouded his judgment. I don't know how that could have possibly Crazy. happened, but you're probably right about that. Look, I've got a Dewey in my past. It was more yeah. than 20 years ago now. It was a really bad decision. Doesn't mean I'm a bad human being, but I made a really terrible decision that night. I'm lucky that no one got hurt. I'm lucky that I didn't get hurt. I'm lucky that you know, there was no loss of life or property damage. And there was a weird dent on my truck that I can't account for. Hmm. Anyway, the point is this. You're going to need to get back <laughs> to some semblance. Yeah. When did you uh, finally tunnel out of Shawshank? Well, 
It wasn't quite that bad. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. quite that bad. <laughs> anyway, our thanks to Smart Start MN for being along with us. And my thanks to all of our Patreon members, all of our sponsors, and everyone who downloads, subscribes, and listens every single week. We would not be here two years later without you. We had a great second year anniversary celebration. And if you'd like to know more about how to get to those kinds of events, patreon.com slash The Brian Oak Show. Up next, we have something of a sublime musical duo out of, you know, we call Minnesota the upper Midwest, but when I think about the bold West, the mountainous West, the sort of almost untold vastness, right? Like our own lower 48 Alaska, I think of Montana. And our duo right now is out of Montana, and we'll be talking to Story Hill just ahead. But before we do, you know that I am in love with this time of year. I'm in love with the holidays. And so for me, it's about finding new stuff every year. I got nothing against the classics, man. I'm down with Nat King Cole. I'm down with Elvis Presley. I'm down with Ray Charles. I'm down with Lena Horne, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But every year, I like to try to find some more things. I like to try to incorporate a little bit into it. The wider the playlist, the broader the playlist, the more interesting and varied. And every once in a while, you get that little spark, that little spice, like, oh, I am going to need a little more eggnog, maybe a little more apple cider. And that's what the way this song makes me feel right here. Back in the 90s, there was this swing jump movement that I was not going to dress up for, and I certainly was not going to do any swing dancing, but I enjoyed a great deal of it. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. Last night, I went out with Santa Claus on The Brian Oak Show.
Santa Claus. See, I don't need trombone and trumpet in every single part of every single day. No. But every once in a while, punch it up around here. Let's get it moving. Let's get festive. Merry the Christmas. Your toes were tapping. Exactly. No, I was moving. I was feeling it, man. I almost got up and started spinning my watch wearing my zoot yeah. suit I right used to there. be like a down tap. Like now I'm more of a, a side snapper. Yeah? Yeah. I used to do the down. That's down, the thing, now man. Now it's just side. Life changes, like right? That. And you never, cool. you never know what's going to come next. I'm Brian. That is Sean. It's episode 211 <laughs> of the Brian Oak Show. We should meet our guests because they're sitting here very quiet like, and patiently. They're like, them? why did we say yes to this? Why? Why did we do it? Chris Cunningham and Johnny Hermanson all together are Story Hill, and they have been playing together for a very long time. In fact, get your head around this, Sean. You Uh and I, how long have you and I known each other? Since 94. So 27 years, right? Is that right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, man. I hate to break it to you. (laughs) These two started playing music together in Montana a good five, maybe six years before that, you two have known each other for a very long time. So before we go into just how old you are, let's say hello to Chris and Johnny. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Yeah, Yeah, great to be be here. Nice to have you here. Now, Story Hill is a band that it it sort of spreads across the upper Midwest, right? And it has roots in Bozeman. So if you don't mind, let's start there real quick, if if that's cool. Did you both grow up in Montana? Yeah. Yep. That's uh, the home. So yeah, yeah, we met in... uh, World geography class in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, we were the last um, remaining people after all the students were asked to pair off for a project. Yeah. And we were the nerds. In the, and for in real. Crowd. And so you two got actually paired together, and that's where you met. Yep. What, what grade are we talking about? Seventh grade. Seventh, yep. We did a Wild. project on the Bermuda Triangle, right? <laughs> Wasn't. Was it that, or was it Polynesian Triangle? Triangle, Oh, see, I was going to say, if it was the Bermuda Triangle, like, I was going to say, what kind of conclusions did you come to? Because I watch Ancient (laughs) Aliens every Friday. In fact, I'm missing it right now to be here with you, okay? (laughs) Which I don't mind at all. The Polynesian Triangle is, what's the Polynesian Triangle? A series of islands, I guess. A series of islands. I don't know. Do I have a microphone here? Yeah, Yeah, you do. (laughs) Cool. Um... I just picture the the actual like physical thing that we we drew yeah. in colored pencil, and I can remember you know. A but chain it doesn't of have the same like Bermuda thing, like where planes has, disappear like, and ships disappear. It just happens to be a triangle. Yeah, it, it wasn't permitted to go Bermuda in the uh, <laughs> in, in the class. <laughs> so growing up in Montana, you know, I I have friends who now call Montana home, and I've gone through huh. Montana. Dozens of times growing up because my family, my dad's side's from the Oregon, so we would go to okay. Oregon once a year and we'd make our way through Montana by train, believe it or not. Yeah. When I called it, when I called it, oh man, the Empire Builder. It's one of my favorite memories of all time. When I called it the Alaska of the lower 48, Mm -hmm. it really is this incredible expanse and this amazing diversity of topography. And I wonder, I mean, growing up with it, do you take it for granted or do you sometimes walk out your door and you're like, those are as majestic a fucking mountain peaks as we see anywhere <laughs> oh, in yeah, the country, man. right? Like yeah. when I drive my kid to school in the mornings yeah. and pass by farmland and all that. And, and sometimes the, Al- the Alpen glow, the sunrise on the bridgers, the Bridger Mountains mm-hmm. around Bozeman is just like breathtaking. You know, it's like quiet and it's pink on the snow it's right. just like so beautiful it's like oh man yeah uh, this is cool <laughs> I, I just feel like you know sometimes when you're around something all the time you may not lose a, not, not lose appreciation for it but may not like sit there like for someone who's never seen the Alpen Globe before might be like and they might sit there for 15 minutes with their mouth hanging open, right? So I still do. It, well, it, that's you know? fantastic. I think yeah. that's, that's wonderful. You've got to have an appreciation for where you're from. So you both um, start doing this. But at some point, you go from doing geography together to making music together. What's the transition? Were you both already music fans at that point? And how did you mm-hmm. decide, you know what? Not only was our project totally worth that B plus we got, we should also make music together. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of instant chemistry, I suppose, because we, we became friends and you know, yeah. uh, hacky sack players and. <laughs> nice. What was your signature move? Uh, I just I like that one where you, you, it's the instep. And yeah, you, you catch it on the instep. Yeah, and you try to flip stall. it over your head. It's like so. I mean, it's like the stall. Like so, do you catch it on your forehead? Oh, that was because the only one I was ever any good at is the one, and I don't know why because I don't have great spatial hand-eye coordination, foot-eye coordination. But when we would play all the time, when I worked at Clean Water Action Alliance, I do that thing where you kick your leg out behind you. 
and you were <laughs> able to, without seeing it, find it and pop it back into the circle. That's, that's my favorite as well. See, now, I couldn't pop it around a ton, but I would be able to hit that more times than not, and people would be like, damn, that guy's good at hacky shack, <laughs> yeah. and I fucking sucked. I was terrible. <laughs> but they appreciate it, because oh, you're came giving back into it to the them. Circle, yes. right? you got, yeah. no, you, and then someone else can do all their fancy moves right. and stall <laughs> it on their knee. I, no one's brought up hacky sack in 211 episodes of the show. <laughs> I appreciate it. So you play hacky sack. When, when does music become part of the story that defines the two of you lives yeah it was like 10th grade maybe like i got a guitar after freshman year of high school i guess mm. and then and were you instantly good or did you suck for a long time i sucked i think for a long time the guitar sucked so <laughs> <laughs> it was it's totally fault. the guitar's yeah. fault yeah, i just right. followed its lead but um chris was playing piano a little I was bit Joni Mitchell and, for a while yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so we we wrote a song our first song we wrote was for our junior year mm. the, the first song we performed i guess was is it an original? Yeah, like everybody a talent else show. Was like, kind it was of thing, a talent or? show yep. for the candlelight dinner, and we were in choirs. Oh. So Johnny was like, "You got to try guitar, and you got to try piano." To me, so he kind of led me down the road of like, "You got to become a folk artist or whatever." <laughs> I just, yeah, <laughs> girls love you. it. You know, you can get well. They do through college actually, that way. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, I, that that totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and again, I'm not trying to reduce it to this, but the number of musicians who. A, they feel the music in their gut, right? They feel it in their hearts. They feel it in their heads. Mm. But there's also, if we look at it as a pie chart in some sort of presentation, I mean, there's a significant portion of that particular graph that's like, get girls. <laughs> right. Next to that's the little one that says money. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, I'm sure that was part of the dream originally, but of yeah, course. Yeah, that's faded now. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that gets done away with very quickly. <laughs> yeah. The potential for girls lasts much longer than the potential for money. Yep. So Story Hill makes music. How long is it? I mean, what... You know, before we get to the story of how you came to Minnesota, I would like to hear some music because there are going to be people out there, despite your international acclaim and your storied fame, there are going to be people listening to this who are not familiar with the music of Story Hill. Mm-hmm. What if we share a song first and then come back and talk more about the, well, you've got a big show coming up tomorrow night, which is mm-hmm. going to be on Saturday, December 11th, depending on when you're hearing this. Um um, but let's hear a little bit of your music, and then we'll come back and talk more about the growth and the journey of Story Hill. Tell me about this particular song right here, Seen a Light. Yeah, this, so this is from our new holiday record that we released last year during COVID, I guess, and um, just now performed for the first time in Bozeman, um, uh, sort of, yeah, for real, or in front of you know a real audience. I should wait to ask you this question, but I, I can't stop myself because everyone we've been talking to, this show, I mean, we have lots of different guests, but it's primarily musicians, right? And the number of people who came up with a creation, well, we basically came up with a podcast right before po- yeah, <laughs> COVID right. shut everything down. And so for these artists who do this, I mean, you came up with this record that you clearly love, otherwise you wouldn't have committed yourself to creating it and doing it, right? And then for the next year, F you, I guess, because you're not playing <laughs> this thing live, and it's weird to hear Christmas music in April, so here we are mm-hmm. a year later, and you get an opportunity to do it. Did it feel good to do that show in Bozeman? It Heck yeah. by the time the show came around, yeah. But it was man, it was nerve wracking to try to learn the songs again, you know, because it's like <laughs> oh, it's been a year. Them. yeah, <laughs> right. And um and yeah, we learned them intensely, and then you record it, and then you're done, you know. And then it's um, but yeah, it um it came together. We've been playing it all as a whole, kind of like a classical piece with movements. Oh, and, very good. And um, no applause. We, yeah. we ask people to just sit back, relax. Are you for real on that yeah. right there? Really? Yeah. Like I mean, like. Like, so you only get one round of applause during the entire damn show. Well, well for that set. So yeah. it's like a 40-minute okay, all right, all right. movement. Mm. Like but Johnny still, saying. like, just sit here and absorb it and yeah, feel it. Yeah, it worked. We, we, really? we found the courage to invite everyone to just, like, chill. No, Please hold the applause. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, Ghost of Tom Joad, if you know Bruce yeah. Springsteen. Mm. He was doing that a bit on that, that, Wh- that Which I totally get and I love, but it's not a common approach, right? I mean, we, like, yeah, we, especially when you were talking about festive or inspirational or incredible music for this time of year, wild. Yeah, we, we kind of did it. We learned it from the internet, really, and then we were like, well, this might actually translate because on the internet, there's no applause. You know? Yeah, right, right, And right. we were like, wait, this is actually kind of nice because you, mm-hmm. you can keep your thoughts and your, you know, like applause just kind of erases everything it's like yeah you have to react to it yeah and then yeah. you forget does, what you were going to say like, don't you occasionally need time to tune up and get everything back together yeah and we so just we take just the time take to do the time it. yeah right and, and on. It, it was cool because we did release it online like johnny's saying yeah. on 2020 or 12 20 20 right mm-hmm. last year auspicious date 
and uh and we we had just kind of coached each other like we should just like not say anything between each song and just you know go from one to the next now see that i love because even with entertaining artists between song banter is generally a show killer i i I, I hate it i mean again there are some people who are clever and can help move it along there are a lot of people though who will sit there and go on forever you're like let's go ahead and hear that next fucking song yeah let's hear especially in the folk world (laughs) and there's well there's a lot so the thing is i think there's so many people in the crowd like like those people hear back the the feedback they get is like i love all the stories you had to tell and stuff. Right. And and then but like <laughs> half the crowd's the like yeah. hates all the stories. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always but it's the vocal people, you know, yeah. the ramble. Yeah, no. Well, it's like in radio, like you don't ever listen to people who call up and make requests on the phone because they represent about 1% of your audience. So <laughs> yes. leave them alone. Tell me about this song. We're going to hear some story hill. Yeah, so this is actually inspired by a book in uh, uh in Isaiah. I'm thinking it's 9 or 11 or something, but um I had done a record uh based on uh, all the scriptural passage, not all of them, but some from, from Isaiah, uh, just because it, it's, I, I had a misunderstanding of Isaiah before thinking it was all about sort of like living righteously and stuff, but it turns out it's all about welcoming the, the refugees and helping the poor and, and, um, not just, you know, going through the motions of a, you know, quote unquote religious life or something. And it's more about like actually, uh, you know, taking care of the, people around you and stuff so that was just sort of a theme that carried over into this uh record because these songs um the the other songs that we sort of arrived at were also dealing in that you know kind of world so um uh it's sort of a what would you say like a uh paraphrase of uh but it's it's a it's fairly close to the text um yeah seen a light Walking in darkness, you living in the land of night, you have seen a light. You walking in darkness, you who are living. I imagine with a title like Bethlehem, most of the content of this holiday-themed release is, as many folk artists do, it's sacred in concept, but told through a secular voice. Would that be a a, a dwat uh, description? Well, yeah. I mean, would you say, because a lot of the lyrics are actually from sacred text. Right, exactly. But I guess when you know when I think about how it's delivered, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm listening to chapter and verse, even if the message yeah, is exactly. the same. I mean, the vehicle that to me, is that sort of folk band 
sound, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, and I love it because here's the deal. I grew up uh, confirmed Catholic. I have read the Bible through more than a couple of times, and I was turned away from or turned off by my particular faith sure. by the nature of the people that I looked and saw standing around me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I can't appreciate the impact of the stories and mm-hmm. the legends and the lessons that are lay there within. I assume that the two of you are familiar with the Duluth band Low, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. They put out that Christmas EP a good, what, 15, 20 years ago that is absolutely packed with sacred text and it's one of my favorite releases of the entire holiday season i listen to it front to back front to back over and over every holiday season and i just i love the idea because the comedian actor john i believe fugelsang is how you say his name Mm. he uh, he's a great follow on twitter he's a little irreverent he does not suffer any fools but he just wrote one the other day saying Put the Christ back in Christmas. Why don't we put him back in Christianity first? Which right, I, right. I, I gotta. I, I mean, I gotta be honest. Like that was part of the reason that I I parted ways with the church because right. I looked at the people around me and didn't believe that they believed. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to sit here and play dress up, you know, for right. the rest of my life. <laughs> but I like. I, 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 so, but I don't have any disrespect for people who believe. Man, I think faith is important, and I think having a a creed, a code, a, a, an ethos to live by is important. Important, and I. I also love this time of year, sacred yeah. or secular. So I love that you have Bethlehem. Why did you decide you were going to do a holiday themed record? Well, let me just talk about because I that, that that's a <clears throat> thing I've been thinking about a lot. Is, sure, is that sort of like um, <clears throat> Christ, like the reason for the season, you know, and yeah. like and like what well, what did the reason for the season have to say? And basically, every time he opened his mouth, he was talking about helping the poor. Mm-hmm. Or every story yep. was about how the the outsider, you know, the Samaritans were evil, you know, according to the people at the time. And, yeah. And it, the point of that story is the bad guy is the good guy, you know, yep. and or the, the you know the the untouchable woman is the one that uh, has the faith, you know, or the you know it, every single story is really about, um, you know, there's there's just not a whole lot about like I need to be praised here, people, or like. Make no. sure you just say my name and all the time, and it it it. it uh, there was none of that, man. Jesus seemed yeah. cool. Jesus right. seems really, really cool. His yeah. dad seemed a little cranky. I'm going to be honest. If we go back <laughs> yeah. to the Old Testament, a little dad seemed a little, dad yeah. seemed yeah. a little was, wound up about. It could have been things. by design later. Yeah, well, precisely. <laughs> but but the boy, uh, he everywhere he went, he brought the message of kindness and the message of giving and yep. the message of decency well, and, and of the message of tolerance. Of recognizing the you know inherent worth of everyone mm-hmm. in everyone our right? mutual humanity yeah. right i mean yeah. and so yeah. that guy i'm like that guy seems cool why aren't the rest of these people who seem to tout that guy's name that cool so i like it when you put yeah. that message forward well and i think the reason maybe uh in you know the, they're they're sort of getting stuck in the language you know mm-hmm. like there i mean there are actually people that are afraid that the democrats are going to take god out of the con- you know if you can take if the democrats can take god out of of something that's not a very strong God, <laughs> right? You know what I mean. Well, so I, I've always said if you're if if you, if if the strength of your convictions cannot occasionally handle a challenge here and there, or right. us asking questions about that or this, well, then the fault doesn't lie with the other people. It lies with the strength of your convictions, right? Mm-hmm. Faith, and that's the other thing too. Is faith to me is an extremely personal matter. I, you know, I've got nothing against personal faith. In fact, I envy those who have it stronger than I do. Mm. I just, I once you start to inflict your will on other people, is where we start to lose the thread mm-hmm. and lose the message, right? right. Yeah, mm-hmm. or yeah, start sort of uh, using faith as a way to not actually engage in it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, you know, like I'm saved, so. I'm set, and so I'm just going to go to church on Sundays, and that's it. You know? Oh, unfortunately, um, that's where I grew up. One hey, of my favorite uh, sayings of all time is, uh, going to church does not make you a Christian any more than sitting in your garage makes you a car. Uh, it's the work. It's or the, a mechanic. It, it, yeah, or a mechanic. It's the action. And yeah. I had a grandmother who was very religious, but she said, she looked at all of us at one point, she's like, uh, honestly, like going to church, that's great if you want to do it. Mm. You know, she said, I enjoy it. I get a lot out of it. But she said, live a life of serving others. Mm. And that's all it 
really, will really matter to yeah, me because you'll yeah. accomplish everything else you need to accomplish. Even if you don't life. ever go to church that's one day said. of your life. That's exactly. what she said. She exactly. was like, you know. She, she understood the principles of, and yes. how that would, you know, yeah. make for a better life and world that's around great. her. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Before we talk about your gig that is coming up on the 11th, let's go ahead and mention one more sponsor, and that would be none other than a man among men, a friend of mine, a colleague, a the producer of this fine show, but also a realtor for 50th and France location of Edina Realty. None other than, ladies and gentlemen, Sean Bernard. Sean, how are you on this fine holiday season? I'm doing fine. I'm asking people to follow me, but not in a Christ-like way, just on social media. You ever see the... <laughs> did you... Did you, did you <laughs> Sorry, I had to weave That's that great. I had to weave that in. Did you ever see... Now, and again, I, I appreciate their sort of uh, irreverence, but you've seen The Life of Brian by oh, Monty Python, Oh, so right? many times. My we must follow the gourd. No, we must follow <laughs> the sandal. <laughs> we are all individuals. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, that was very much what you said right there. Tell me about your realty business. I will. It is based around service, actually, and it is about giving, um, and it's about listening first, which I think you can't, you can't even give in the right way if you're not listening first. Um, mm. And so I really try to mm. try to help people learn uh, about the home buying process, the home selling process, and empower them to make the right decisions. The other thing that I do is I give away a portion of each sale to a local uh, musician or band. It's uh, wow. my way to give back to, to musicians that are, are trying to make this all work in a crazy time. Uh, music, just like you, Brian, has brought me tons of healing and peace Oof. of mind and escape um, uh, from life at some times, just to be able to s- slap the giant headphones on and listen to some music and give me some peace of mind. So if you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, this is kind of a time of year where people are planning for next year. Happy to meet with you anytime over the holidays in January, whenever, just to discuss what your plan is, or even just to get an evaluation of what your house might be wor- uh, worth. Give me a call, 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. Chris and Johnny, uh, who used to go as Chris and Johnny, but these days, well, actually for a mere 25 years, have been known as Story Hill, uh, are in town again. And they are back in Minnesota performing at Collegeville tonight, uh, because we're going to air this on Saturday morning, December 11th. They're going to be at the Fine Arts Series at uh, the College of St. Benedict and St. John's University. Do either of you have a connection with that particular organization, or was this just a great place to come and do the show that you were going to do to celebrate the holidays? Yeah, we don't really. We just, uh, we've played there maybe in the past mm-hmm. uh, once or twice, but um, yeah, they just asked if we would come mm-hmm. and play. They reached out, yeah. I mean, we are former St. School alum. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, and then <laughs> I guess that that's why I asked, you know, if you're if you're alum or if there was any sort of previous connection there. Let's talk briefly before we hear another song by Story Hill. Um so, Bozeman, and you're doing your thing, and you're finding your folk ways, right? And you're young men, and this is cool, and it's starting to happen, and people are listening, and we're making records. At what point, and why, do you pull up stakes and make it to Minnesota? Mm. Yeah, I. so I ended up here first. Um, Chris and I, after, uh, when we graduated, our parents both pitched in 200 bucks each and bought us a couple of days we at made the our local studio. Yeah. Wow. Isn't it tape. wild cassette that, tape, yeah. that four or five hundred bucks could get you yeah. your first cassette <laughs> two tape? Days well, but, yeah. Two days in the studio, yeah. Oh but, I mean, like, but the fact On that four hundred bucks could cover two right. full days in the studio yeah. and you and let me ask you this, and again, I know that pride cometh before the fall. I don't want to get all too weird and that kind of stuff though. But when you've been doing something you believe in and you love and you know you guys are both good at it and you're starting to feel this thing and you come out with this finished product and they finally show up in a box in the mail, were you giddy when you first got those cassettes? That's in your hand. Yeah, for sure. Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris was gone. Chris was in Spain. I was, yeah. When they the when they arrived finally, running yeah. with the bulls. Yes, in fact, <laughs> yeah. nice. really fast. Away yes. from the bulls. Recommended, but I got a recommended strategy. An airmail from Johnny uh, with a few cassettes, and we had just written our. We didn't have a band name. Yeah. Was like, wow. So John just did Chris. And John, knee. <laughs> right. Uh, Sonny and Cher, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and it looked nice. Yeah. Um, and we thought that was just like a commemorative, you know, be all end yeah. all kind of thing. We, we thought we were just sort of cat, like, you know, like, here's what we did. Yeah, you know, encapsulating as, as that particular time well, of your life. The, the end? Like, you, I mean, you didn't yeah. have Made designs? Made 100 on copies, a... and then he went off to another foreign country called Minnesota. I've heard mm. of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and at St. Olaf is where we went to school. But yeah, so I was there oh, for wow. the first year, and, and I played a show or two and sold out of the 
cassettes. So I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Okay, hang on. We have to stop for a second here <laughs> because the number. Here's the deal. I'm extremely familiar with Northfield. All right, and mm-hmm. um, I'm married to a woman. We've been together for more than thirty years. Who is also a Saint Olaf alum. It's a really good school. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic music school. It's an incredible school, but it's not a giant school. The number of people I've met who have gone there, no matter where I've been in the world, it's, it's almost like skull and bones. I'm a little <laughs> curious about what the f- going on down <laughs> at St. Olaf, right? I mean, Carlton, I've only met a handful of people. Who go, yep. The number of people I know who have gone to St. Olaf... Hmm. That's wild, really. So did you end yeah. up both end up going to St. Olaf? Yeah, I convinced Chris to swing by. Yeah. yeah swing well, by on the way back from your, Spain. Your fans <laughs> were like, oh, so nice album, Johnny. Who's the harmony? Yeah, who's this guy? And, right. And then so I get this, and again, airmail, right? Pre-email. Uh, this hmm. is like 90, 90. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were still a good five years away from any sort of reliable email (laughs) or internet situation. So you remember that paper that kind of... I do. Yeah, so Johnny You'd have to write right on the paper and fold it and put it in an envelope. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I remember. Once in a while I get letters and then he was like, yeah, really... He's like, I love this place, man. You would you would love it. I'm just so psyched. The people are so great. (laughs) He was just really effusive about it and you should just swing by on your way back to Montana. So that's what I did. Uh And um, we played and met a bunch of his friends and... It was fun. I mean, and then I grabbed an application, and I couldn't believe I got in. My parents were like, well, it seems like a good school. You should go. It's an amazing school, school, but but the number of people I know who have gone there, my wife and her entire band all went there. Some of my dearest friends in the world, I didn't find out until years later, Paul Charchian went there. Very dear friend of mine. Um, Again, I think most of them are a little older than you guys, Mm. but still, the number of people who have gone to St. Olaf, it's a mind-bender to me how many of them I know. If if you're listening to this show and you've never seen the Christmas choir Mm. uh, performance there, Mm-hmm. It is absolutely the best I've ever seen. So anywhere. my wife, my yes. wife is a, a choral educator by trade yes. for the last thirty years. She was the first freshman accepted into the Saint Olaf Choir mm. in years and years and wow. years there. So I got to know her later on. Um, but we would go back down and watch it every year. And I was in choirs growing up, and mm-hmm. I, you know, in choirs for a long time I was too. Yeah, and so watching, watching. There are choirs that are very good, and there are choirs that you're proud of because you have a kid in the choir, right? But then there are <laughs> choirs who their their touch and their blend mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. essence is beyond anything you've ever seen before. And even though it's a three-hour slog, you don't care. The entire time you're sitting there and you are utterly ensnared by the sorcery that is being created by these vocal harmonies. And St. Olaf has one of the greatest choirs I've wept. literally ever seen. I wept at one of the songs. So it was like, I. oh my gosh, it just overwhelmed me. It was so spiritual and amazing. And I would incredible. forget, like Colleen, my wife would be like, hey, we're going to go, let's go, I got us tickets. We're going to go down and see so-and-so. We're going to go down and watch the choir. And I'd be like... Okay, right, that'll be fine. Because you just, you forget, and then you sit there and watch it, and you're like, literally, that's probably the finest choir I've ever seen live, personally. So, did either of you participate in the choir while you were there? I, well, so when I started, I was in the freshman men's chorus, Got the it. Viking chorus, I guess. And at my, so I was a part of one uh, or two Christmas festivals, but my first one was the trickiest, because I was in the choir and the orchestra. Right. Oh, so I had to wear a tux, and then I had to, like, <laughs> sneak off. And it was the first year that it was televised. Oh, right. So oh, yeah. that we were being coached on, you know, if you have to sneeze, you know, do this. Right. Because <laughs> PBS used to carry it every right. other yeah. year or yeah. something, yeah. right? And this right. was, like, the first time it happened. And so I had to do this thing where I had to crawl under the bleachers, and, <laughs> like, the guy next to me, like, stuck his foot out like a little marker, you know? Right. And, and in my tux, <laughs> Did you, you know, come up through the bleachers? Yeah, and then, it, yeah, and they were like, when you come <laughs> up, you know, make sure your face is normal looking and you're not struggling. And so I had to like sort of lift myself up through this little crack, you know. You're a me- and, emerging like a musical pupa. Right, right. right. And you hope that the camera's not on me at the time. Exactly. You know? There wasn't a close-up, right? Right, yeah. And uh, I had to do that maybe three times back oh and forth. You know? So it was like kind of a, a nightmare, but it, I mean, it was fun. 
Like a Where's Waldo book. Yeah. Yeah. Or Dustin Hoffman oh. and Tootsie when he's going back and forth between the, yeah. <laughs> the outfits. Yeah. Story Hill performs tonight in Collegeville, Minnesota. It is going to be part of the St. Benedict and St. John's University Fine Art Series. You can find out more if you head over to storyhill.com. That's also where you can find out more about Bethlehem, the latest release, which frankly had to sit idle for a year, but now here we are. The season is once again upon us. It's time to celebrate and enjoy it with a little music. Can we hear another song off of this fine release? Great. Yeah. All right. Well, tell me about this song. Could it be? Could it be is uh, actually it's based on the book of uh, Esther uh, in the Bible, which is a really f- interesting book because it doesn't. Well, for one thing, it doesn't mention God at all. So it's it, um, but it's about uh, this woman who uh, is sort of uh, in a position of power somewhat. She's a part of the harem of King Cyrus uh, and one of King Cyrus's uh, people says, uh, you know, is basically encouraging him to kill all the Jews and and um, just get rid of them. And she's uh, uh, Jewish herself, and and realizes that it's maybe it's the the line from from it that that is in the song is uh, could it be you were born for a time such as this? So sort of like you know maybe maybe this is the whole reason you're you know you're here is is to sort of uh risk your you know your your own standing and your own life uh for the sake of your people and um and it sort of it, it for us uh, the song was written before the the um record uh and as we were looking for for songs we we had a hard time filling it out with um with hymns that we were happy with sort of uh, lyrically or you know mm-hmm. theologically and and stuff, and so we started looking at these other songs that were sort of dealing with the same stuff, and and it just felt like, uh, for me, it feels like a really kind of important. It's sort of like, uh, it, uh, you know, uh, maybe you're the person that can change things, you know, in as we go through these kind of tough times, and maybe it's, um, maybe it's you, maybe that's why you're here, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Did the day give way to the deafening dark? Did you fear you were alone? Did the rain turn to snow? Did the snow hide the only path you've ever known? Did you wonder who would stand up for you and lead you safely home? Could it be you were called for a time? Such as this Could it be Could it be Could it be You were called to be Hope for the hopeless Light for the darkness Love for the enemy So What I love about a song like that is even if the main inspiration, perhaps even some of the words themselves, are called from tradition or scripture, 
even those who do not share the same faith and perhaps don't have any faith at all, there's no reason that song can't move them with the same strength and the same stirring notion and the same idea, if not me, who, if not now, when, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why that particular track, um, you know, we'll play it year round. Yeah. There's there's a couple that Mm -hmm. work that way. And I don't know if you noticed, Brian, did you hear the natural reverb in that? Yeah. So you mentioned low earlier. Uh-huh. Uh, we recorded that track and one of the others, the new Colossus, up at uh, the Sacred Heart. In really, yeah. yeah, with Eric Swanson. <laughs> wow, Eric Swanson, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they just they do such a good job, and I just I, there's such a rich heritage of music in Minnesota. And you know, stop the presses. I'm not telling anybody anything they didn't know before. But the number of people, no matter who they are, like you know, Alan Sparhawk will do some of these most incredibly un. Uh, uh, unchained sort of inspired things inspired by scripture and by his faith but then he'll also decide you know what i'm gonna do a skanky dirty blues thing like right. black-eyed snakes right where you're like you stand there and i mean that to me is church man i'm i'm, I'm, I'm utterly in awe <laughs> oh, when yeah. i watch him do that well, kind of stuff it's yeah. all valid <laughs> well, i mean it's that's the whole bit though right like that that crucible of creation, you know, for lack of a better term. Before mm. we continue our conversation with the good boys in Story Hill, we do have to mention Forgotten Star Brewing. Forgotten Star Brewing is sponsor of this fine show. I'm looking at their website right now. Yes, of course, they make delicious brewed beverages. <laughs> I don't know a lot about beer. <laughs> brewed? Did that, did that come through? I like did it. I, no, I think that's a good, that's yeah. a good one. Brewed. Uh, brewed. Brewed is what <laughs> oh, I meant. Brewed. Sure. I was thinking, speaking in biblical terms. Oh, you know? sure. I see. Um, but they, in, in addition to doing that, they also have a ton of other stuff there. They do their winter curling leagues. You can have holiday parties. They've got events like comedy and live music coming up both indoors and out. They've got a food truck schedule there. They provide some excellent food uh-huh. out there. And it turns out now there's a new button here that says you can even order online for curbside pickup don't feel like hanging out with people i get it trust me (laughs) this time of year i've had enough peopling you know but if you want to swing by and get your growlers or your six packs or whatever forgotten star brewing they're cool guys they do really good work over there they've got this beautiful iconic building in fridley the giant stacks towering into the sky you cannot miss it and um they're doggo friendly if you do like spending some time there doggos inside and outside and hopefully they won't chew up cords. We did have our most recent <laughs> guest was Lissy, who is a brilliant singer songwriter. Um, in fact, performed last night at uh, the Parkway Theater, and I was so thrilled to have her in here. And you know, she came up and she's staying at an Airbnb, <laughs> and she's like, "I'm just trying to get the dog settled." And I'm, I mean, like she used to every gig I've ever seen her at, she brings the dog with yeah. Byron, her little dog, yeah. who's now passed away sadly. R.I.P. Used to lay in her open guitar case while she played, and now she's got a huge dog named Olive. And Olive was cool and laid still for yeah. most for the most part. But when Olive was digging around under this table here, Olive chewed up a couple chords. <laughs> That's true. Also, we got this notice on the on the screen. We're like, oh, power my surge, gosh. and we're a little power worried surge. about we're a little worried about Olive at this point. But Olive's wow. okay. Uh, just needed a we new lost keyboard. Air, but... Also, yeah, I, exactly. I would like to state that. Um, Olive was gorgeously sweet and wonderful yeah. and an extension of Lissy's personality. Olive's dog farts burned oh, my eyes. Oh, yeah. And Lissy kept burned pointing my at... Eyes. Lissy kept pointing at the dog and, like, mouthing to me, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Need a different kind so of air filter. Sorry. Exactly. Me, me thinks thou doth protest yeah. too much, young Lissy. Yeah. Mm. And that's why I set up that little electric uh, trap so that Olive would be a little bit like... Uh, like Nicholas and uh, Nicholson and Cuckoo's Nest at the end of the Unbelievable. No, <laughs> suddenly got very dark for the holiday sorry, season. Sorry, sorry. I'm Brian. That is Sean. Chris and Johnny are joining us of Story Hill. So the story begins in Bozeman. It moves to Minnesota. You both go to school. And then the story, though, does return to Bozeman, right? I mean, you both live back in Montana now. Yeah, as of last, uh, this last summer, I moved back. Um, in the middle of the pandemic, you're like, let's get away from people. Let's live in the mountains. Let's get away from all these. Find yeah. higher ground. Yeah, <laughs> but see, right? I mean, that's real, though. Yeah, yeah. it's true. But mm-hmm. and and it's it's been awesome to be in the same town again. Just to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's weird that we were even able to do it without being in the same town. I mean, we'd meet on the mm-hmm. road, and, but now we can actually practice, you know, and like right. work on stuff. And, How does it feel to be back in Montana? Oh, it's just, it's just absolutely unbelievably awesome. It's like I'm, uh, alive again. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, um, I mean, not that I 
was dead when I lived in Minnesota. I understand. But, no, you're just but defending like about another, 80% yeah. of... No, I'm just kidding. Well, it's a big part of it. Minnesota's great. You know, you know, but yeah, it, it does identity and history. Yeah, it's not my home. It doesn't have... Yeah. yeah. In the mountains. So That's I mean, how it was for me when I, I, I found my way back in 98 mm-hmm. or 99. And yeah. It was just like this inner knowing, like, oh my God. I felt yeah. relaxed again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd well, searched the world home, right? over, right? I'd, I'd been... Oh, I li- the previous to that was, uh, you know, it was rush hour traffic in, in uh, Seattle. And mm. I could see my house, you know, five minutes away if I walked. <laughs> but, but you'll get there in 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, you know, you're writing songs on the steering wheel of a car because it's not moving. Okay. You know, yeah. You're not going safety. anywhere. And all over. I mean, Spain and Pittsburgh. And then previous to that it was five years on the road together right. with mm. Story Hill. Well, were we Story Hill at that point? Uh, right at the very end of that. We changed our name right before we broke up. Yeah. Good call. Good yeah. call. Yeah, we changed our name like every record. It was actually, and this is before the internet where you could say, uh-huh. we changed our name, you know, right. and, that, and that, so like there's and a lot of like, people that didn't Who the hell know. are we going to see? Right. Why yeah. did you break up in 97? Because um, of the just nature of our touring, I think. Yeah. Uh, or I don't know. Well, yeah, part it was, of it, I think. It was burnout for me. Yeah. And, uh, and I think both of us were feeling like, you know, we were always like one half of Story Hill mm-hmm. in terms of our musical careers and right. stuff. And I think we needed to mm. sort of branch out and mm. figure out our own thing. Well, and bit. I know you both played with other projects and other people, and I totally get that. And also, I mean, you're trying to create beautiful folk music when we're really still living in the ripple effect of grunge, right? right. I mean, the 90s are a rock and roll era. This is, this is not exactly the... Although there was some great stuff, it not the folk friendliest milieu that you could be trying to ply your trade in. That's right. Yeah, and that um, I it's interesting because I had I remember having this like thought that like oh like this genre is because I've been in you know the indie rock genre and I've mm-hmm. been in the folk genre and it's like the indie rock genre is like my time is done. You know, like I can't really do that anymore I'm, I'm like an old guy you know yeah, but yeah. In, in, folk, <laughs> in folk it's like uh, we it's just be, just beginning yeah, it's yeah like we, now finding... we finally can sort of back up our stories because they're, they're oh sort of, i've seen yeah. a, i've seen yeah. a mighty wind i, I know right. exactly yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. and i get it so good the folksman yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, man i've never laughed harder oh so funny. Of just pure joy yeah uh, well and I, I mean after i spent 14 years working at public television watching them put on a public television series for one of their pledge drives i'm like holy shit yeah. it's, it's exactly <laughs> like yeah. that so i can only imagine it from the musical perspective um you've got this uh show tonight you've got this release bethlehem which is very much of the season now i know that the goal otherwise you wouldn't be doing folk was never to get rich okay right. i understand that mm. however reaching people and informing people and hopefully people providing people with some joy or some solace or whatever it is you Mm. think your music communicates Mm -hmm. to them to me that's important sean Mm -hmm. and i are always about supporting the artist right so i'm wondering ground zero whether people want information about you they want to know how to get their hands on your material obviously everyone knows how to stream everything right that's part of the deal but there's got to be ways that people can buy your music to support story hill right mm, is Bandcamp yeah. the best way to do that yeah it's one of them um yeah Bandcamp has almost all of our albums okay uh and then people are welcome to you know pay the requested amount or go above but i'd say the big thing for us lately and thanks to you know um the, the sort of awkwardness of covid we we did get started on patreon as well it makes a huge and, difference we i mean the reason we're in this studio right now right i mean we're not getting independently wealthy on our patreon but it allows us this room it allows us this equipment yeah, exactly. it allows That's us great. to help provide the message for other artists and and frankly the people yeah. who are out there so if you have people who love your music and clearly you do yeah. i don't think there's any shame in the patreon game as long as you keep paying it back right if it's right. up to the, it's up to the people right mm-hmm. exactly yeah so, one dollar a month, hundreds of dollars a month, whatever somebody can swing. Yeah. It depends on, you know, I, and, and also I always try to stress, you know, what you give is in, way, in no way indicative of your affection towards that particular object. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can afford one buck a month. Maybe you can't even swing that, and I get it. Maybe you can do $100 a month. The way I see it is, like, if you can afford a mocha or two a month, yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. you could probably, you know, divert that to, to us, for example. Yeah. <laughs> Just and one, what, even. Like, what, yeah. what that Five bucks a month. Is, yeah, Plus exactly. Plus fewer cabinets. We get a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we, get to, we get to keep making music, meeting up, you know, spending our, right. like, free time. Yeah. Um, Working together, and we've been doing a. It's kind of fun. We've been doing a week, basically a weekly 
not a podcast, but an online show yeah. for an hour. We call it our uh, Live from the Living Room series. Uh-huh. Um, and that's been really great. Uh, and all the patrons can see that for free. Yes. Yeah. So it's sort of Where working. do we find that? Um, so patreon.com slash storyhill, I guess is yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, and, um, but it, uh, you could also pay 10 bucks, I guess, to see a, a one off. Yeah. We, yeah. Cool. we plug it on Facebook and, um, yeah. So, and, and then we've been recording them. So there's all these, it's backdated. The whole catalog is, you, it you exists want to in it. perpetuity, in yeah. perpetuity, right? Yeah, I mean, right. Uh-huh. that's why it's fun to do a podcast like, Years from now, when I'm laying there attached to an iron lung, I'm just going to ask people to come in and just set up the Brian Oak Show on uh, Spotify and just play them back, episode one, back when Daddy still drank a lot. That'll be nice. I'm just going to be in my rocking chair muttering passwords, because that's, that's what I think our generation's going to do. We're just going to be rocking back and forth, muttering passwords, because we've had to learn like a million passwords in our life. That's what I'm going to be doing. I'm glad. I hope you can remember them. See, I'm not going to be able to remember them. That's I think the that's thing. the only thing I'll remember. <laughs> but you won't be able to come up with them consciously. It'll just be bubbling up out of your brain, and there'll be nothing else you can do about it. Like just like, I almost actually said two of my favorite passwords out loud and I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> know, right? So Story Hill, before we uh, wrap things up here as we approach the hour mark here, this is going to be your last performance in Minnesota for some time, at least as scheduled right now. But I do notice as I look ahead, lo, these many months into the future, late summer 2022 in Deerwood, Minnesota, Story Hill Fest 2022. Cool. Tell me about what Story, tell me what Story Hill Fest is. Yeah, it's well. It was born out of Chris, uh, Chris's wedding My actually, wedding, yeah. um, long ago in Montana, and we we had a couple of fests in Montana before we moved it out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is, we just realized we have so many like folk singer friends around the country, mm-hmm. and that we love so much, and like just realized realized that if people like our music, they're probably going to like what we love. Uh, and so it's just a way to kind of like broaden the you know just bring more artists into the you know the people that want to hear that kind of stuff and it's really worked well because a lot of the people that play the fest then get booked around the country because right. promoters at the show and there's like it's it's just a really cool kind of community that's developed over the last what 15 years or something like we took five years off i guess but um any truth to the rumor that you may go electric at this year's story. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. Shock the that. folk world. I don't think so. We well, actually <laughs> end up at a campfire and it becomes this sacred, like real intimate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Passing of the guitar and the bottle, you know, it's just under the stars or yeah. rain clouds, whatever's happening. As a camping guy, as a music <laughs> fest guy, you know, there are people who bitch like, oh, people were making noise until three in the morning. I'm like, have you been to a camping music festival before? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I hate to break yeah. it to you, but every once in a while, the world is not going to conform to your very strict codified right. approach to it, right? Sometimes people are going to be loud. Sometimes somebody who's not even very good is going to be banging on that guitar <laughs> at the next fireplace or the next campfire yeah. over till two in the morning. Yeah. It's part about going so, out and dealing and, and peopling, right? And doing yeah. dealing with the human race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very good show. Other than that, to look forward to in 2022, you got the show tonight in Collegeville. Are there more songs in the hopper? I mean, mm-hmm. I know that this song, obviously, yeah. if, if the last record came out a year ago, I have to believe, now that you two are back in the yeah. same town again, that there's something else probably in the pipe. Yeah, and that's yeah. another thing that we've been doing with this Live from the Living Room online thing is playing all our new songs mm-hmm. so we can at least try to get them into our bones. Before yeah, because we... it's always a trick. It's like you, you want... You you want people to be sort of excited by the new songs, but you also want to play the songs before right. you record it because it, it they in our case especially it, they just really develop over time with a crowd mm-hmm. like it it's not going to develop with just the two of us in a room playing. Yeah, by ourselves. We need you know, that we need... 3D perspective. Yeah, I get. Well, and it's nice too. I mean, obviously, the preference for everyone, I think, is to share the room live, right? That biofeedback loop of right. the audience feeds off you, you feed off the audience. But online is still valuable, and you can also get impact or impact and and, and reflection from uh, a wider range than you might otherwise normally do. Have you ever, in doing this sort of thing? played a song that you're both like that's eh, okay and people like freak out like a yeah. song that you almost think is a throwaway or just a fill-in song where people are like yeah that's fucking amazing we <laughs> love no, that's, that song that's, that's one of the things is like when you we start to be able to see that a song takes on a life of its own so to speak mm-hmm. because of mm. it's getting embraced by whoever and and you can just feel it you know and then and then it 
kind of it's like I have to suspend my judgment sometimes. Yeah. Like one of our <laughs> one of our like uh, sort of go to anthem songs is is it's been around since our college days. Yeah. And when I look at the words, it's like no way would I write that thing. Mm-hmm. And yet it's like it's requested every show. Yeah. I mean, it's expected. We don't even. Put it on well, the set list because we just have to fucking play it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. If you don't, if you get shit, yeah, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. And again, you're not you're not a jukebox, right? I mean, you're not on demand, and you want to bring new stuff and old stuff. But you also have to have. I, I love artists when they have respect for their heritage, right? Yes. Like, there's a reason that you're able to still do this. There's a reason that right. people have followed you for more than 25 years. There are things that they love, and I mean, you know, it's part of the arrangement, right? It's part yep. of the agreement. Like Van Morrison is famous for being like, "fuck you," and turning his back on the audience and just playing jazzed-out versions of deeper <laughs> tracks that nobody knows. But I just went and saw the Rolling Stones a little over a month ago, and there was only one song I didn't recognize, and yeah. it was freaking glorious. You know, oh yeah, you 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 have to. Being an entertainer comes with certain obligations, right? right? Well, and I've never understood it even as an obligation. Like it's like to me, it's like there's so much joy in mm-hmm. playing a song that somebody that you know loads of people love. Right? They're singing along, and, and you're yeah. just yeah. Even if you think it's kind of a shitty song, yeah. <laughs> it's like well, it, it it's means all about the context of where yeah. you're at. That's you know? the thing. Yeah, right. it, really, the context is something I think a lot of people don't think about a lot. You know, or just like the, um, yeah. There, there's uh, well, there's, it becomes clear. The older we get, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, well, the but that's we true about along, a lot right? of things, right? Yeah. yeah. And one of the other great things about getting older that I have found um, is the the I don't give a shit factor <laughs> grows every day. Now, and, yeah, again, yeah, in, a, yeah. in, the, in the appropriate way. Well, in the appropriate way. way. Yes. Yeah, but what yes. I mean is like, so there are people who take that to be like, I don't care if I act like a monster. I'm going to act like, no, no, no. We never default to monster, right? But caring less about what others criticize the things that others see, the the fault flaws you see in yourself, right, or the faults that you see in yourself, of course you want to try to continually improve and be a better person, right? But what other people think, I guess that that was really the finer point I want to put on it, that that the amount of care that I find in that dwindles every single day. Yeah. You just have to live your life and you have to be a good person. You have to create the art that you want to create. You have to express yourself in a way that you feel comfortable and proud of knowing that you're doing the right thing and the right people are going to follow you along, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, well said, said, Brian. <laughs> we need to Thanks, get, we need get follow t-shirts my blog. Made. Can we get a manual? For follow, this? No, just t-shirts. I'm making t-shirts right now. Follow I'm my blog for more tips and tricks <laughs> or just keep tuning into the How Brian Oak Show. Which, well, yeah, no, don't ever do that. No, I've made plenty. I, I, every once in a while, I'll find a little nugget in there. But yeah, no, there's a lot more screw ups in there than there, than there is accuracy or truth. Before we wrap up episode 211 of the Brian Oak Show, thank you again, Sean. Appreciate thank you. you. Uh, happy thank holidays. You, and uh, also thank you to AudioQuip, who have provided us with all the fine equipment here in this room, without which it would sound like we were doing it into our phones, which we would be without all this fine equipment. True. So if you're getting back out on the road, like Story Hill, if you have an upcoming TED Talk, if there's anything that you you need equipment for a PA, microphones, anything, contact our friend Nate and his entire crew over at AudioQuip. They do good work, and they're really cool people. Great guys. They're Great really, guys. really good people. Uh, thanks to Smart Start MN. Thanks to Forgotten Star. Thanks to all of our Patreon members, and thanks to everybody who's ever listened, subscribed, shared, amplified in any regard. You know, Sean and I just had our two-year anniversary Patreon party with Annie and the Bang Bang, and I don't know what you were thinking when we started this, Sean. I had no idea. I'm like, a podcast? That sounds like something in the last a month and a half. And here we are, literally two years later, 211 episodes in, and um, it's cool. Oh, and by the way, our next episode, before we say goodbye to Chris and Johnny, um, our next episode... Uh, Jeff Olson of Cool 108 is coming yes. back. He is neck deep in holiday music right now, being the guy over at Cool 108. But he also has some incredible Christmas trivia. So on Tuesday, we're going to be playing a little Christmas trivia game if people would like to join us for episode 212. Gentlemen, um, this has been very enlightening, and I'm glad that you're back in town. And I'm glad that life in Monta- um, Montana is treating you well. Um, and good luck to you in the new year. Have a Merry yeah, Christmas, yeah. both of you. Likewise, Wonderful to be here. Yeah, thanks yeah, so much. it's been so much fun. Merry Christmas to both of you. Now, you do have to tell me a little bit more about this last song before we call it a podcast. Mm, yeah. What is it? 
the song? Par- uh, Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost. Oh, okay. I mean, is uh, this like the heavy stuff? Is this well, Milton? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, here? yeah. Well, good. Uh, no. Um, okay, good. <laughs> good. It, it, it harkens that's, back that's, to. That's uh, way too dark. Uh, <laughs> our roots. The story about our, our upbringing in Bozeman, which used to be this little small cow town, you mm-hmm. know, cowboys and mm-hmm. a lot of open space. For people who have been to Montana, by the way, and we yeah. talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. Again, I I don't pretend to have spent anywhere near the amount of time you have. But it's not dissimilar from the same sort of almost, I'm not trying to downplay or, or dis, you know, talk down to anybody, but there is a frontier vibe, right? I mean, you are mm. out on, before when I tried to equate it to Alaska, yes, there are plenty of urban areas, right? And cities and people are modern and they're, they're not all cowpokes, but you don't have to head very far out into the hinterlands. That's to, to find this frontier vibe. I found it in Colorado. Yep. I found it in Wyoming. I've even yeah. found it in Idaho. But Montana, man, yeah, Montana's so big It's and all beautiful. about the space, yeah. It really is. And, and, and so, there are some really great little cities like Bozeman's yeah. that happen in place, actually, mm-hmm. in Missoula and... But yeah, you exactly. Get, you, so I mean, I don't want to give people the impression yeah. that it's all still cow towns in the Wild West, mm-hmm. but right. there is. There's you get a little bit outside of town, and there's a frontier vibe. There's a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I remember yeah, going out on a trip, and we went off road or you know onto some dirt roads, and then we we're trying to find our way back. And we asked this old timer, kind of a rancher guy. He's like, "Oh, you want to get back to the tar, do you? <laughs> <laughs> or, the, or the Earl? The tar, he called it the Earl, right. the tar, nice, right. <laughs> meaning that paved roads. Yes, 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 the tar, please." <laughs> 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 See, that's great, though. His whole life he's been out on a dirt road. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I kind of love that. There's a, so, I don't want to do it myself, but there is a certain charm to it. It was like yeah. Sound of Music when we were growing up, you know, pristine and all yeah. that. Yeah. And and it still is. Um, however, it's also attracted a lot of influx of, you know, it's a great place to live, right? So right. there's a lot of, it's a boom town. And um, I was noticing that years ago and, and, and kind of, you know, I was getting frustrated with it, but um, I won't say all the details, but... The uh, the song is kind of a lament here, uh, and it's just longing for the way it was when we, you know, knew it as a, as younger people. So, Merry Christmas to both you guys. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, you too, Christmas. Brian. Yeah, All right, Sean, thank Merry you. Christmas. Yeah. Story Hill on episode two eleven of the Brian Oak Show. Everybody wants a piece of paradise, a house upon the hill with a view of heaven. Now everyone's here. So close together Paradise is lost And gone forever When we were young We used to walk out in those fields Gone forever In the backyard woods Now the old trails Now the old trails disappear
house upon 